0: Reverend Younger, thank you so much for joining me here on WBAI today. Can you first tell our listeners about Plymouth Church?
1: Plymouth Plymouth Church is a delightful, thoughtful church Church. uh, located in Brooklyn Heights. We have a storied history and an amazing group of people. We uh, take worship and social justice seriously. We're a good family, and I've missed seeing them
0: the last two weeks. Now, is Plymouth... Closed indefinitely due to the coronavirus pandemic, and if so, why was it important to close the church?
1: Okay, Jeff, you're going to get you're going to get the same answer from every minister on this one. They're all going to want to say the building is closed, but the church is not. Uh, it, it's important to close the building because we need to encourage everybody to uh, take this pandemic seriously, and the church needs to do what's best for their neighbors. We are, however continuing to be the church and act like the church, and we're connecting and serving in a variety of ways.
0: And in fact, that was my next question. How has Plymouth Church adapted to the pandemic in terms of programming and services that you're offering, and how are you staying connected as a congregation? Uh, yeah, a couple of things. One, uh,
1: like like most churches, we're worshiping online. we um, We would have had about uh, 250 people in the sanctuary on a good Sunday, and last Sunday our worship service was shared on 190 computers. Uh, I wasn't sure people would worship if there was no one there to see them, but our people showed up in their homes in front of their laptops. I assume they recognize the importance of praying and singing and listening. Uh, for God in a difficult time. And then the the other part of your question, the connected question, we had uh, three members of our church who decided that we needed a system uh, to be checking in on each other. And those uh, three have grown to 24 volunteers. They started out uh, calling uh, older members of the congregation, and they said, well, we need to check in with young parents. And then they decided to call everyone who lived alone, and now they're just calling everyone. And so, some people who may feel more connected than they did a month ago. Um, there are lots of Zoom chats going on. Uh, we have youth groups, two, two of them, writers groups, book groups, artist groups. Uh, my wife Carol is reading is leading uh, three chats a week from our dining room table. So we're we're staying connected.
0: What is your advice for people? on how they can cope with this unprecedented uncertainty brought about by the pandemic? I think probably
1: start looking looking for hope in the small things. Uh, Some people are working more hours than ever, but there are a lot of people in New York, in particular, who have some extra time. Some people who have longed to slow down uh, now have no choice. Uh, Some people who have not gotten the recommended eight hours of sleep in a long time may have that opportunity. Uh, if you look at Facebook, some people are doing some pretty fancy baking out there. Uh, there are parents who wanted more time with their children who who now have it. And then I think a, a second step is to look for the people who are helping and, and be grateful for them first and then find ways to be one of them. We have a woman in our church who's been working hard to get money to Greenpoint Hunger Ministry here in Brooklyn. Uh, our congregation's helped them in the past, but getting food to the hungry seems even more urgent. then, you know, you call someone you're worried about and you FaceTime family members and you give some money away. And then you you try to be still, pray and maybe be grateful for things you used to
0: take for granted. And at these times, people have a need for community. So how can you help them with, you know, to combat isolation?
1: Uh, My parents are in their 80s and they live in a small town in Mississippi and they live what I think of as a very isolated life. I called them about an hour ago and the conversation ended with my father um, saying, you know, uh, it's fine if you want to check in, but you need to know that we're on the phone all day long now. <laughs> people from all over, uh, all through their past are, are checking in with them. Uh, some people are getting more phone calls than they used to. Uh, I've gotten calls from old friends from from my past and from all over the country. I think Rather than sit and wish someone would reach out to you, ask who would appreciate a call from me. Uh, if if we are in isolation, many of us have the opportunity uh, to reach out and care for others out of that isolation.
0: And you had a very nice column in AM New York uh, in which you had said, this is one of those moments when you realize you are not in control. That is something I think it, that's going through a lot of people's minds. How do you comfort them?
1: I first, first recognize that for most of us um, in, in, in first world countries, we have this luxury of thinking that we are in control of our lives. And throughout history uh, and throughout the world today, most people don't have that illusion. Uh, during a tragedy, we figure out not everything's going to go the way we want and, and we're not in charge. We experience that in our personal lives when uh, somebody we care about dies or our, our family falls apart or the... The doctor says it's cancer, and this is an opportunity to understand, like the rest of the world does, that bad things will happen to the people we love, and bad things will happen to us. Um, as a as a Christian, I, I don't I don't believe we're immune to the bad things, but I believe that God is with us when those things happen, and if we believe that God holds us forever, then the difficulties are not eternal. Saint Augustine has that great line our hearts are restless until they find rest in God. So I am uh, trying to and encourage others to see this as a time to learn to do that, to say a prayer and let some anxieties go and give myself to God's care and rest in God's love. that I'm sorry, that sounded like a preacher. I apologize.
0: <laughs> At the same time in the, in that article, you had mentioned it is an opportunity for people to become better people through this experience. Can you elaborate on that? Um, Harry Emerson Fosdick, uh, who was the pastor of Riverside
1: in Manhattan during World War II, had this great line, I'm trying to get into Sunday's sermon, the highest use of a shaken time is to discover the the unshakable. Uh, The highest use of a shaken time is to discover the unshakable. So we're looking for the unshakable right now. I've I've been afraid this week, but I've also had moments when I've felt hope. So during a crisis, we can become more like the people we hope to be. We can be better for each other uh, as we go through the worst. Uh, Those who went through 9-11 know there was a moment where many of us were kinder to one another after that tragedy. Suffering can lead us to be more loving.
0: And many congregations right now are still trying to work very hard to stay connected. This month, Plymouth Church began live streaming uh, your worship service for the first time in your 173-year history. What did it take to accomplish that? Yeah, one of the
1: small gifts during a terrible crisis is that a lot of churches, including mine, are being forced into technology that's long overdue. Um, I, I, I think um, theologically, we're going to end up asking big questions about what's most important, what's worth our time, um, what's you know what's worth our attention during a hard time. So again, I think a lot of churches are are actually going to catch up because this has been
0: forced upon us. And how is your office operating during the crisis? Has have things been going smoothly?
1: Well, I, I really like our church staff. It's, it's been going remarkably well. Uh, yesterday, we had a staff meeting with uh, five people in the room, six feet apart, and, and two people on a Zoom call, and, and they are rising to the occasion. Um, they they are—almost all of them are younger than I am, and so they are, are
0: fleet of foot and, and ready to make good things happen. And, you know, Easter is on many people's minds. Easter's coming up uh, shortly. What are Plymouth Church's plans for Easter? Uh, we plan to
1: have about six people in our 2,000-seat sanctuary on Easter Sunday uh, leading online worship. We'll talk about resurrection in a time of despair, uh, what hope feels like, looks like during a hard time. We'll talk about love that's that's been to the cross, that's that's been through suffering. I, I was thinking about this morning, I was, I was walking around our sanctuary and walked past the plaques listing those who died in world war one and two you know so my church like like other churches we celebrated easter during the civil war we had a service on the night of 9-11 the church has been through hard times
0: before how can people learn more about plymouth church if they want to get involved if they want to be able to see the sermon
1: well i used to say just come and visit but that that won't work for a while um our website is PlymouthChurch.org, and you can you can join us online for worship, and that'd be wonderful.
0: Reverend Brett Younger, thank you so much for joining me here on WBAI today.
1: Thank you. I I, I always enjoy talking with you, Jeff. Thanks.